The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is brought to you by High Echelon. You can find them at highechelonCPA.com. High Echelon PC is a nationwide CPA firm in Atlanta focused on a great client experience. High Echelon provides top quality work with total transparency, so clients always know exactly what they're getting. They believe accounting doesn't need to be complicated and that clients should always get the experience they deserve, which includes top-notch accounting, tax and payroll services, timely communication, complete data flow, and the best automation and security. Book a call or drop them a line at their website, highechelloncpa.com. The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by Elemental Altitude Training Center. You can find them at elementalaltitude.com. Elemental Altitude is Atlanta's best and only altitude training facility. At Elemental Altitude's state-of-the-art indoor training center, they are capable of simulating elevation up to 24,000 feet. Training in the thinner air and lack of oxygen prompts an increase in red blood cells, meaning that more oxygen can be delivered to your working muscles on race day. Athletes undertaking all sorts of goals from rugged mountain climbs to flat sea level marathons to Ironman triathlons train in the hypoxic environment created at Elemental Altitude. I trained there several times myself ahead of my successful race at the London Marathon in 2022. In addition, Elemental Altitude hosts a variety of physiological testing such as sweat testing, blood lactate testing, VO2 max testing, and a variety of metabolic testing which can tell you your resting metabolic rate and the types and amounts of fuel you're burning at different training and racing intensities. Drop them a line at info at elementalaltitude.com if you have questions or you want to set up an appointment. Again, their website is elementalaltitude.com. The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by Blue Pineapple Travel. You can find them at bluepineappletravel.com. Blue Pineapple Travel is an agency of experienced travel advisors who help you design the perfect trip. Blue Pineapple Travel advisors are all well-traveled and knowledgeable, and they will be your advocates from start to finish. They love to help people plan their travel, whether it's for a race, a family trip, a weekend getaway, or the trip of a lifetime. Their goal is to match you with the trip that you want. Relaxation or adventure, traveling solo or with a group inside the U.S. or abroad, Blue Pineapple Travel can plan exactly the trip that you want. Find them online at bluepineappletravel.com and see some of the great places that folks who have worked with Blue Pineapple Travel go on their Instagram, at bluepineappletravel. Finally, the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is brought to you by ITL Coaching and Performance. You can find them at itlcoaching.com. ITL Coaching and Performance's mission is to build a community of athletes set on reaching goals and serving the community. They have a passion for helping people achieve their goals and dreams. ITL coaches are real people with phones, emails, and the desire to spend time with you during your training. They are vested in ITL athletes. ITL takes a communal approach to coaching, so there's always someone available to answer questions and to help adjust the training schedule. An ITL coach will be glad to meet with you to chat about your goals and to find the best plan to help you meet those goals. Again, their website is itlcoaching.com. Thanks to all of our sponsors who help us bring you the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast brought to you by ITL Coaching Performance, Blue Pineapple Travel, High Echelon, and Elemental Altitude Training Center. My name is George Darden. I'm an endurance athlete and coach here in Atlanta. I'm a father of twin boys, and I'm a college professor. We have for you tonight 
an interview that I'm excited to share, and it's an interview that Eric conducted with a couple of athletes and listeners who competed in the Croatan Buck 50 gravel bike race over the course of this past weekend. Now, you'll recall that when we've done race report podcasts in the past, we talk to the people beforehand and we hear a little bit about their preparation and some of their nerves going in and their expectations and that sort of thing. And then we circle back around with them afterwards um, and we talk to them about uh, what it is that they experienced and how it went and whether their fears were realized or whether they exceeded their expectations or whatever it happens to be. And if you have one of these races or if you have a major target race over the course of this year and you want to uh, come on our podcast and talk about this, we'd love to have you. We have a couple of other people that are lined up over the course of the next couple of months, and we're super excited about all of that. But drop me a line at pleasantpodcast at gmail.com and let me know if you want to come on the podcast to talk about a big target race, the way that Aaron and Lee are going to be talking about uh, their time at the Croatan Buck 50 here uh, right now. There are two things I want to mention here really quickly before I finally hit play for you. The first thing is to say that in the pre-race interview, Eric is actually on the phone with Lee and with Aaron, and Lee was the one actually recording the conversation. And so what you're going to hear is that Lee and Aaron are going to sound live while, of course, Eric sounds like he's talking on the phone. And that's exactly the way that it was. In the post-race conversation, all of them were together on Zoom, and so that kind of levels out the audio a little bit there uh, in the back half of the conversation here. The second thing I want to mention is that there were some audio issues at the very, very end of the interview. Lee and Eric, as you'll hear, are talking about the chain wax that Lee was using um, and that he experimented with leading up to this particular race. Um, And... Suddenly, the interview kind of ends. It goes directly into the outro from there. Um, Eric only asked Lee and Aaron like one more thing after that. And of course, he complimented them and Aaron's dad on uh, their impressive races. Um, And so if you're a little bit thrown off by why it seems to end kind of suddenly, well, that's why. That was also some technical issues there. But nothing certainly that takes away from the quality and excitement of this interview. So all that being said, without further ado... Here is our interview with Aaron and Lee about the Croatan Buck 50. So uh, we've got a really cool interview here. Um, friend of the podcast, Lee Ragsdale, and friend Aaron Henderlite uh, are doing the Croatan Buck 50. I believe that's what it's called, right, guys? That's right. That's right. Yep. And, and between the two of you, it is going to be a Buck 50. Uh, <laughs> Excellent point, Eric. Excellent yes. point. Yep, yep. It's a, it's a gravel bike race, and between the two of you, you guys should put in 150 miles. So uh, before we get too far into it, though, why don't we do a quick intro uh, for the listeners that maybe haven't heard about you, Lee, and for you know most of the listeners haven't heard uh, about you, Aaron. So, uh, Lee, why don't you give us a quick intro, and then we'll kick it over to Aaron. Sure. Thanks, Eric. So, yeah. So, Lee Ragsdale, I'm an uh, engineer, uh, endurance athlete in Raleigh, North Carolina, Um and uh been doing crazy stuff you know we do blue ridge relay together for uh, for many many years do f3 with aaron and other guys and uh so really excited about talking about this experience yep um yeah my name is uh aaron hinderlight um i also live in raleigh north carolina um been an it professional um been doing endurance athlete things i guess since 
college and so that was a long time ago <laughs> so yeah I'm, I'm excited about the race and excited to talk to you about it right that's awesome and you know for those of you who have listened uh, lee and i work together here in raleigh lee and i went to school together uh, lee and i run the blue ridge relay together as you mentioned and aaron through association with lee uh, we both have kids in college, so we've actually talked about kids in college and soccer and stuff. So this is a really cool uh, way to get back together again about um, another endurance sport. So before we get into, like, what you guys, you know, what your state of mind is and all that, Lee, give us the quick 411 on what you guys are going to embark on tomorrow. Yeah, so uh, Croatan Buck 50 is a gravel bike ride in the Croatan National Forest here on the coast of North Carolina. Uh, it's it's uh, near Emerald Isle. Um, so it starts at uh, the Carteret County Speedway, which is like a short quarter mile NASCAR track, and it goes out into the National Forest, and it's all gravel, fire roads, um, a little bit of cornfield, which is kind of treacherous and um, a lot of fun. Uh, but on the buck which is what i'll be racing the 107 miles it has about 500 feet of elevation gain over the 100 miles so it's it's pretty pancake flat um pretty windy uh there this place is known for the potholes on the uh in the gravel roads um some pretty gnarly mud puddles and again that cornfield that we have to go over four times it's about a mile long stretch of cornfield uh so pretty cool thing it was uh started five years ago 2018 by um, Matt Hawkins, who runs Ridge Supply, which is, uh, they make really cool socks, cycling socks and running socks. Um, and uh, they're, they're, uh, one of their slogans is Be the Bright, and his socks are very bright. Hot pinks, blues, um, yellows, oranges, it's really, really cool. So, uh, great event. Um, I did it five years ago, the first year, with Prentice Douglas, another friend, friend of the podcast. And, uh, and so, really looking forward to get back out there. Awesome. I think that's a, a great inter, intro to what the Croatan Buck 50 is. Aaron, did you have something to add? Yeah, this will be my first time. Um, I've heard stories from Prentice and Lee and from some of the other guys we're riding with. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, this is my first cycling race, actually. So um, a lot of firsts, and I'm, 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 I'm ready as I'm ever going to be. Now, along those lines, Aaron, you're not riding alone tomorrow. Give us just a little background on that, because I think this is a pretty cool story. Sure. Yep. Yep. You're right. Uh, so I'll be riding with my 75-year-old dad. Um, about, I guess, five years ago, he had his hip replaced, and we used to run together a ton. And so he had to stop doing that just for longevity and got into cycling. And I was kind of resistant to it just because I love the simplicity of, of throwing your shoes and going for a run. And then um, finally, about a year ago, you know, he was always talking about, you know, you're going to, you're beating yourself up with all that running, Aaron, you know, if you can just get into cycling, I think you really like it. And, um, so I guess about a year ago, I finally kind of got over that hump and started riding the greenways in Raleigh and then, um, got into riding more distance and rode, was doing rides with my dad. And, and, um, he was, he, we had over the years kind of talked about doing a big race together and had never done a marathon. And so we, um, heard about the Croatan and heard about the different kind of levels and kind of put that on the calendar as, as something that we could embark on together. So, um, it's been a fun journey so far. I'm, I'm finally, um, as geeked out about cycling as I was about <laughs> and, and still am about running. 
Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm probably, I'm way down the rabbit hole at this point. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Eric, something I didn't mention earlier. So it's called the Croatan buck 50 and there's a, a buck. So there's a buck 50 is the, is the main event. It's 150 miles. There's the buck, which is 107 miles. And then there's the 50, which is actually 47 miles. Um, so three different lengths. There's about 900 racers that are riding tomorrow, um, between the three different, um, the three different races so right and we talked about this a little bit today for those of you who don't know uh, i help coach lee i don't want to say i coach lee because i think lee is really graduating where he's, he's starting to really coach himself a lot but uh, we talked about this and one thing we talked about was they actually staged the start of the race right mm-hmm. that's right yeah so the, then, the buck 50 guys go off at 8 a.m the buck goes off at 9 and then the 50s go off at 10.30, with the idea being that that brings everybody back together in a couple of hours or, you know, in a, in a window of time in mid-afternoon, so. Yeah, okay, that is that is super cool. And Aaron, I, I really love the story about you doing this with your dad, um, mostly because, as you know, because we stalk each other on Strava, um, <laughs> and I've seen the rides with your dad, you know, you, you, you post the, uh, in the titles, you usually put something about riding with your dad, but you know, my journey with grace and the ultra marathoning, it's, it's similar. It's kind of the opposite side of that, but it's, it's something special. And, um, and she's told me multiple times it's something special to me. So I know it's something special to you. And then I know what it's like for me. So I'm, I'm sure I have a, a, a little bit of insight in how it feels to your dad to do something like this. So this, that's just a really cool story. Yeah. Um, it is cool for Aaron and his dad. Yeah. Yeah, no, thank you. It is. I'm I'm very thankful, um, you know, and and hoping. I mean, he's he's in great shape. I mean, he's he's um he's been talking some smack. So I'm hoping this is <laughs> hoping this is the, the first of a few, um, you know. So we we were we've we've been. Yeah, hopefully, we'll do the fifty and then maybe come back next year and do the hundred. But yeah, it's it's a it's a it's been a lot of fun. Well, and and him talking smack. I mean, you're no slouch, Aaron. You you. What you put up a three thirty marathon? Um, you know, you 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 can run. You've got some good endurance chops. So, um, but uh, but your dad's gonna give you a run for your money tomorrow. Yeah, so that'll yeah, be for fun. sure. Yes. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Well, so I'll throw this back to you, Lee. How are you feeling? How are you feeling about tomorrow today? Or actually, it's tonight. Let's say, how are you feeling about tomorrow tonight? I'm uh, I'm a little nervous. Um, so you know, I got to this point because I I kind of wanted a change of pace. We've been doing all this running and and kind of wanted a change of pace and try something different. And um, got a gravel bike and have really been enjoying it. And I'm I'm super stoked to be signed up for this race. Um, the training has been awesome. Um, it's really you know most of my training has been on Zwift, and we can talk about that later. But you know, it, it, it's because it's coach. That's what makes your training so awesome. Right. Of course. Of course. Um, so, you know, training has been awesome. Uh, I'm feeling really good. Uh, the taper this week has been good. Um, but I'm really nervous for tomorrow. Um, you know, you and I, we will race occasionally on Zwift and, and you know how races kind of, kind of go when there's these moments early on and, 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 and you just want to hope that, that things will settle down and, and things will be good. And that, I'm anticipating something similar tomorrow, but I don't know if I can stay with the front group or if the second group or where that is. And and so all the thoughts about execution 
are really kind of wearing, you know, is in the back of my mind. I, I've done the work, should be fine, but getting to tomorrow and seeing the execution is going to be key. So I'm nervous. I can totally, no, I can totally understand that. I think um, cycling is a different sport. You know, we, we, we talk about this all the time. Uh, it's not about, you know, the winner is not necessarily always the best athlete, whereas running, you know, uh, Aaron mentioned the simplicity of running. You know, one of those simple things is if you're the best athlete and you're having a good day, you can you can win the event. Uh, but with the cycling, there are so many other pieces and parts and the dynamics of group riding. Um, I can understand that, Lee. I can understand some trepidation for tomorrow. Yeah, but yeah. I'm, I'm excited. You know, we've been talking about this for months, so I'm excited to get to this point. So the nervousness and the excited, I think that's, that's all good. I want to harness that, but, um, right now I'm, I'm a little nervous. All right. Some, some reality, a little reality check. Aaron, how about you? Yeah. I mean, nervous is that I'm, I too am nervous probably for some different reasons. Um, you know, I did a lot of my training outdoors and, and like some towards the end, um, did some Zwift, but, um, Raleigh, it has a lot of Hills, and so the nice thing about hills when you're riding is sure you've got to grind uphill, but then when you're going down, you've got some opportunity to coast and let your heart rate catch up. And, and, um, so I've done a lot of, I've done a lot of training in and around Raleigh, but I've never done anything that's pancake flat, which means you're, you are constantly pedaling the whole time that you're out there. And so I'm just thinking about that terrain and about how I, I'm, I'm not just used to that type of terrain because I just haven't had the opportunity to train in it. Um, I'm also nervous about the, um, the potholes and some of the, I've listened to some of the podcasts about the course leading up to it. And so I'm just a little nervous about the, about some of the, um, what makes Croatan fun also makes me a little nervous. And, um, and then that's the kind of the third thing is kind of my inexperience just riding with, with a lot of riders um, that'll be something that's new to me. So I've been reading up on like riding etiquette and things like that, because this is, you know, 900 plus riders. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some space, but there's going to be times when I'm, when you're, when you're in there with, with, uh, with a bunch of people and, um, you know, just never having experienced that. That's, it's on my mind for sure. But, I, but then again, also really excited, like we've been preparing for this and, um, it's been on the calendar for a while and, um, you know, it's already been a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm, you know, it's all good. All good stuff. That's good. Now, Lee, you have ridden this race before, or you've ridden the 50 before, mm-hmm. and you went down and did a little recon ride. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, so it, it's the recon ride was, was cool. A couple of us, uh, a couple from our group, there's seven of us down here this weekend went down and did a recon ride in January. Um, and it was, it was a great experience. It was good to see the course and to, to rethink, um, and to be able to visualize what's going on to see how flat it was to see the magnitude of the, um, the potholes. But, you know, you and I talked about it (laughs) and and I hate, hate to poke fun at myself, but I messed up my bike fit. Um, my seat post was about an inch too high. I can't remember why it happened that way, but I had my seat post too high and I strained my hamstring while I was riding. Um, and that was, 
I mean, I, I haven't strained my hamstring before, and it was it was uh, eye opening to to be humbled where I just could not put out any power. So the my my pre ride was not as ideal as I would have liked for it to be. Um, I ended up working it out and 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 was fine, but uh, but the pre ride was not nearly as good as I, as I wanted it to be. But being able to see the course, see, again, see the potholes, there were a couple of puddles that were all the way across, mud, mud holes that were all the way across the road that you have to navigate. Um, that was, that prepared me mentally at least to think about how am I going to manage that. There's this one section they call Sector 4, which is has all these big these big mud puddles that if it rains a lot will be, uh, will be tough. We're expecting a little bit of light mist overnight, so we're hoping that it just stays light mist and not... Um, not big rains, um, so so that was good. But then the rest of it, you know, seeing the aid station and seeing the the long stretches of flat road uh, was really cool. So I, I think that it's um, for me good to mentally prepare. And I think Aaron, you've seen some of the YouTube videos of of the course, and and uh, Matt is, is, does a great job of posting on Instagram his little videos to, to show pieces of the course, so we can visualize what's going on. That's cool. That is really cool. I, I, I think your experience is going to help you. You know, experience with Zwift and race dynamics is really the most you get out of Zwift because you can't wreck, you can't flat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your right. hydration is sitting right next to you or yep. those things simpler. Uh, but the race dynamics piece uh, will really help you out. And going down to the course and seeing it and you know, having raced on it before, uh, you guys mentioned – Videos, videos are great too. I think that's something that everybody should think about before doing something like this. Um, that there's a lot of content out there that you can that you can pull from. So, Aaron, I do want to ask you again uh, a little bit about your dad. Now, one thing that whenever Grace and I go to a race, I feel like you know, it's less now, but I, I do feel like a lot of times I'm thinking for two. And I don't know if you have that same sort of thing where it's like, because, you know, you guys are riding together. You know, Lee has to worry about himself, and there's, it's kind of a different dynamic. But is there any of that going on where you gotta, you're got you thinking for two a little bit? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, we are, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, he's probably a little more worried about this than I am just because, like, I have ridden some gravel and had some experience on the different terrains and, there's not a ton of gravel in and around Charlotte where, where he lives and has done most of his training. So I think he's a little nervous. And so, um, but yeah, so I've been just thinking a lot about and trying to kind of like help him with, you know, some nutrition ideas. And, uh, we've, we've talked about like, you know, different ways we're going to kind of like back each other up during the race. And, and, um, but so yeah, you're, you said it very well. I've definitely been, been thinking for two. Okay. So, let me uh, let me keep the conversation with you for a second, Aaron. If if you had to look at back over your training, and this could be something mental, this could be some type of ride or a specific ride or some piece of gear. What's the one thing that you think you did that prepared you for tomorrow the most? Like, what's what's the? And it could be more than one thing if it has to. But if you could nail it down, like one thing that you think tomorrow is going to be the most pivotal thing you did leading into this. So I started off all outdoors and then we ran into a patch of nasty weather and I bought a, I bought a, I bought a good trainer and I got a Zwift account and that saved my butt because otherwise I would not have been able to keep training just plain and simple. Um, and then Lee, because like you said, Lee 
is a good Lee is a good coach and he's also a good human. And so he was um <laughs> I was frequently consulting him on like, hey, like, you know, how do I do this whole Zwift thing and like what are some recommendations? And he turned me on to a um there's a series of workouts called a uh, Garmin Unbound Gravel something or other. And that was great. And um so just getting that trainer and taking that plunge into the world of Zwift, which I was surprised at how much I liked it. Like I was kind of resisting it, you know, cause I was like, no, nah, I'm going to be that, you know, that hardcore guy that goes and rides when it's 22 degrees outside. And, but like 22 and raining is just not tenable. So, um, so yeah, I would say just like going ahead and like yielding to the nerddom of Zwift and, and taking that plunge has been a game changer for me. I love it. I love that for many reasons, um, especially you talking about how great a coach Lee is for turning you on to Garmin and you know, working that into your workout schedule. Because I, I think there's, again, there's a lot of content uh, that people have already put together that you can utilize for these sorts of these sorts of endeavors. And I think that's a, you know, one really good point you just pointed out and something that your, your dad actually said to you. They all kind of come together. You, know, you said, I'm a runner. I like the simplicity of running. Sometimes you can't even get out and run. And, you know, we're not getting any younger. Uh, mm. Lee's already well over 50. <laughs> and, and, and we have kids in college, so we can't be far behind. But Zwift is a great alternative to get a workout without that, you know, pounding your body, as well as something you can do when it's cold and nasty outside. Um, I can't tell you how many times my wife's come down I was downstairs. She usually runs early in the morning and I'm wearing my cycling stuff and going to the basement to go for a ride. And she's having to go outside and go for a run. And she just looks at me just totally disgusted and shakes her head. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, okay. That's, I think that's a great one. Um, Lee, what, how would you answer that same question? So I, I, I think there's two things. One, um, our Zwift racing league experiences, um, so Eric and I, and, and Alan Calpe, another one of our, our friends are on a, a Zwift racing team together and, and race, um, during, during evenings. Um, and that has been phenomenal to help me understand racing dynamics. Um, I, I'm not great at it, but I, but I enjoy it. And I know that it's not the, you know, you're not in the physical pack and there's different aspects of bike handling that you can't get on Zwift, but understanding how, you know, the, how the surges work and, and, and the ebb and flow of a race and how that plays out, um, on, on hills or other selection points. Um, you know, that's been, that's been cool. Um, but then also, you know, again, I was doing the Garmin Unbound series too, um, adding some time to it so that I could make sure it was good. And, but then the regular, our Saturday morning rides, Eric, with, with you and George and others where we were doing long rides on Zwift. And, you know, there's a certain kind, when I tell people that I can ride, I'll ride for three or four hours on Zwift, they think I'm nuts. And there's a certain mental aspect of that, of doing that, that really helps out with, um, thinking about a longer ride on gravel or thinking about something else because you you know, you're staring at a screen for a long period of time. You're not seeing any new scenery, um, but but you're able to to get a good workout in and to think about how 
how to be on the bike for that long, uh, how to be in the saddle, how to think about your nutrition, because you still have to have nutrition to worry about and, and hydration, et cetera. And so, you know, I've got my Slayer X there on the, on the counter that I'm working with and, and it's, it's, it works. Um, so Zwift has been a really great part of it. My family gives me a hard time when I come upstairs and it's like, yeah, I climbed a, you know, 3000 feet up a mountain. Dad, you were in the basement. But it it feels right, right? You know, I mean, you're you're doing that. Um, so it, it's uh, Zwift is a, is a great experience, and I think that's you know all those combinations between the fondos and long rides and the the racing uh, and the work the structured workouts that's that's making my training block. Yeah, I think it's humorous. Uh, when I started the podcast with Michelle and George, I was dead set against I can't get into the gamified experience of Zwift. I will I will do Sufferfest and it has real video and it's it's more realistic and I have succumbed to the the Zwift sphere, if you want to call it that, and I I've I've grown to really appreciate it for all the reasons you just said. And then on top of that being able to combine that experience with your other friends, you know, on mm-hmm. Discord or you're you're literally riding together, but one of you is in Virginia, one of you is Maryland, one of you is in Georgia, and two of you are in Raleigh, North Carolina. I think that's a pretty, it's yeah. a powerful tool. Yeah, that's really really cool. But, but you're all together in Watopia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so Lee, if and Aaron, I'm going to ask you the exact same question, and we'll, hopefully we'll get together and do a post race. Uh, interview also and i'll be able to ask you some of these questions again but if if there was one thing that you could just say this is this is my guarantee for tomorrow like if there's one thing that you're you're a little maybe you've got some trepidation about or something like what's the one thing you'd say like tomorrow if it was this, that'd be that'd be really good for me so you know i think my my number one goal is I want to be able to finish strong. Um, I don't want to bonk and have to crawl home. Okay. And so, I mean, I think that's that's goal one in success. Um, now, of course, I want to have I want to get with you know I want to catch a couple selections in the beginning. I want to get with a good group. I want to ride hard. I want to endure through. Um, but I also I have to make sure that I stay on top of my hydration. Um, and nutrition, electrolytes. I, I, you know, I don't want to run into what happened at Blue Ridge a couple of years ago, where I, I got all cramped up. I want to make sure that I that I can finish strong. So it, it's going to be this balance for me of thinking through how do I push to my capabilities, but don't go over that edge and and go into the black hole. Okay, and so we actually talked about this a little bit this afternoon. Not yep. talked, but we we messaged back and forth with George a little bit. And I think George had some really good insight into this. What was George's insight? I think this is important for other people that might do this or even an ultra, just a running ultra. Like what was his, what was his thought about kind of what trumps like staying in the pack, maintaining your hydration? Like how did he, how did he kind of set that up for you? Like a thought pattern. Yeah. So, you know, I think, he um the big thing was to make sure that um i'm going back and look at looking through it all but it's uh you know if you bonk it doesn't matter if you're in the right group or not right 
So you, you have to take you have to have nutrition as priority one, but a close number two is staying with the group, the the fastest group that you can stay with. So trying to find that balance, um, you know. So being prepared with a little bit of extra nutrition on the bike, so that I don't if I have to skip an aid station. Because the group is skipping the aid station, I'm comfortable with that. Having a little bit extra hydration on the bike so that if, again, if I have to skip, I've, I've got reserves. But when there's the opportunity to stop, make sure that I fill up my bottles and get out some food. So um, it's finding that balance because nutrition is good. If I, if I don't manage nutrition and hydration, I'm going to bonk. And it doesn't matter what group I'm in if I've, if I've messed that part up. So I, that's, yeah. that's sort of that balance, right? And anybody who's been a cyclist for any amount of time and done any length of cycling, bonking on the bike, I, it is 10 times as bad as bonking on a run. <laughs> Getting kicked off the back of a pack and knowing there is absolutely no way to get back into it is probably one of the... I, I, I can picture in my mind the three times in my cycling um, past where that happened. I, I, I remember it. I remember the road, the bike I was on, the look <laughs> of the guys. I, I, I calling my wife to come pick me up after one of them. So, so yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Hydration and fueling trumps staying with the group, but it's a close second. Stay with yeah. the group. Yeah, I mean, and so, the, the interesting thing too with this race is because it's flat, because it's open, because it's close to the coast, wind is going to be an issue. Right. Um, and the forecast tomorrow has gotten better, but still, I think the forecast is 12 mile per hour winds gusting to 25. Um, so a group is helpful for staying out of the wind. And so I've got that oh, yeah. in the back of my mind too. Yeah. So Aaron, for you, what would the guarantee you'd be looking for tomorrow? What's the guarantee for tomorrow that you, like number one guarantee? So this is going to sound kind of silly, but, um, I want Dad and I to have nailed our wardrobe, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. <laughs> I'll tell you what I mean by that. I appreciate this part of the, your answer more than anybody. <laughs> so the we've been we have been watching the weather. Like I mean, I, I've never, and, and the weather here is interesting. Like the you have these microclimates, right? Like you have um, you have Havelock, you have Swansboro, you have Croatan. And there's, they're all, the weather in each of those places is all slightly different. And um, so dad and I have been like just exchanging all these texts about, oh, we could go base layer plus vest plus if it rain, you know, put the, got a top tube bag, you could fold up a rain jacket, put that in there. Now nah, I'm worried about getting hot, you know, so we could do, what if we were to do bibs plus three quarter tights plus are you going helmet liner? Are we going full finger gloves? So there's just been this. And so like we, I'm to the point where I'm like, I have several options laid out. Um, I have several things in a bag that will come with us. And um, I mean, I think we're both confident in the distance. We're both the other, I'd say the second thing too, is like Lee said, like finding that right group. That's a good balance of, um, I want it to be a challenge, but I also want it to be achievable and enjoyable for both of us. But like if we can nail the right the right clothes so that we're not hot and but we're also maybe dry, then I think we will have uh, we we will have we'll feel good. Okay, I like the answer. I like it. 
um, and so will Michelle. And she <laughs> probably really wishes she was part of this interview so that she could help you with that decision because that is one of her superpowers. <laughs> that is a superpower of Michelle's. So, all right, so I've got three questions. And I'll let you guys kind of give a final thought. But I've got three questions, and they're kind of in the would you rather format. And we've touched on some of these things. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with Lee, then I'm going to go to Aaron. And on the second one, I'm going to start with Aaron, and then I'm going to go to Lee to be a little fair with this. But there's three questions, so it's not fair anyway. But uh, you you don't have long to answer, so you just got to kind of go with the first thought. So, Lee, are you ready for this little would you rather question series? Yeah, yeah, bring it. Let's go. I'm lined up. All right. The first question is, Lee, would you rather it rain or be windy? Rain. Aaron, would you rather it rain or be windy? Uh, Rain. Okay. All right. So the question number one, you guys both agreed with rain over wind, and I would probably choose the same, uh, but not a ton of rain. I think once you get so much rain, it becomes I'd rather it just be windy. But Right. Okay. So uh, question number two. Would you rather have a flat or wreck, Aaron? I think I'd rather wreck. Absolutely, <laughs> flat or wreck? Flat. <laughs> I'm assuming the wreck meant like I like in my head. You didn't you didn't put any parameters. So I'm just thinking of tipping over in the mud. About, oh yeah, tipping over in the mud. That's perfect. No, you, you answer it how you answer it. Yes. Yeah. Okay, and then the last one. We're going to go back to you, Lee. Would you rather finish with a smile? Or finish with a great time and puke on your handlebars. Puke on my handlebars. Aaron, puke smile on or puke? <laughs> puke on the handlebars for sure. <laughs> puke on the handlebars for sure. There's only one correct answer to that question, and ding, 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 you guys both got that last one right. Woohoo! <laughs> I <think>. <laughs> <laughs> I have only ever achieved that once on the bike. It's the only race I have ever won. It was totally unsanctioned. Midnight crit while I was in college. Uh, but I think that experience is something that will sit with me forever. Mm. So, yes, definitely puke on the handlebars. All right. So uh, how about this? We'll, we'll start with Aaron. Final thoughts for tomorrow's race uh, for the Croatan Buck 50. You know, I'm ready to I'm ready to get going. Like, <laughs> I'm at that point where that you know that we've all felt like right before a race where it's like you are ready to go. Your gear is out. Your you've thought through different scenarios and you just want to you just want to start. And so that that's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, I think I'm gonna be able to sleep. Um, you know, if I'm not, you know, I've got some things on Kindle or whatever. So, but, but yeah, I'm just I'm just ready. Oh, that's awesome. And you know, the sleep thing. Uh friend of the podcast i'll call him sort of friend of the podcast south carolina over 50 50 50 record holder brett wellborn says doesn't really matter if you sleep the night before just lay there still because <laughs> yeah he's in the bar <laughs> all right lee final thoughts from from your perspective i'm just really excited um excited to, to get out there and, and get after it and see it see what the day holds um you know the as you said the hay is in the barn now you know the taper has been prepared now it's about execution and uh i'm hoping that i can i can pull it off and we'll see on the other side what that means that's awesome so i'll just say this i'm impressed with both of you going down there and doing it for totally different reasons uh lee when you said you wanted to do something different a a uh, hundred, 107 mile gravel bike ride, definitely something different from what we've been doing. And the way you've poured yourself into it is, 
is impressive. And the way you've poured yourself into the training is impressive because I've obviously watched you know, every every day, every week of it. And you've, I think you're, you're ready for this. You're definitely ready for this. And I'm excited to see how it turns out. I think, uh, and I, I think it's going to turn out well. Thanks, Eric. Aaron's perspective, I would just say, again, doing this with your dad is just, that's just the coolest. And, you know, your 75-year-old dad, I want to just say props to your dad. What's your dad's name, Aaron? Uh, Jim. Jim. So, Jim, uh, I'm impressed. If you, if you listen to this, uh, Jim, I'm impressed. I'm impressed that you're you're out there doing this because it's just what a cool experience. Um, and I, I liken it to the experience of uh, doing ultras with my daughter, Grace. And that's that's just – there's nothing better than that. So I wish you – both the best of luck tomorrow um, i hope you both uh finish strong uh don't bonk and puke on your handlebars <laughs> yes yes thank you <laughs> all right thanks eric we'll, we'll talk to you soon yeah thank you for your time you guys uh, do well tomorrow thanks yeah thank you all right uh welcome back to the most pleasant exhaustion podcast this is the second half of our conversation with uh, Lee Ragsdale and Aaron Henderlite post racing the Croatan Buck 50. So let's just kick it off by saying, Aaron, how'd it go? Uh, it was, it was an eventful day. Um, if I were to summarize it, I would say, you know, we had an amazing time but we definitely got our money's worth, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we, we finished and my dad's really happy and I'm really happy. And, uh, so yeah, it was, uh, it was a very memorable day. Lee, would you, would you agree with that? Yes, it was definitely memorable. Um, I think one of my goals was to, uh, find my limit and, uh, I found it and went right over the edge of it and burned all those matches. So, uh, I learned a lot from the day and had a good time. So th let's 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 talk a little bit about that, Lee. Let's talk a little bit about burning those matches and when you want to burn those matches, or maybe when you don't want to burn those matches. And yes, right. for the listeners, I've already heard this story, but um, <laughs> I would like you to make it publicly. So, and I think that's important. You know, we we like to educate the listeners as well as kind of poke fun at ourselves. So, talk about the plan is how you were going to approach the race and then how it actually got executed day of the race. Yeah. So, so Eric and I had talked ahead of time about, you know, we were looking at normalized power and comparing it to FTP and, you know, you want to go out a little bit fast in the first 30 minutes, but then settle in and, and go from there and, and try to, do a sustainable power that I could maintain through, through the rest of the race. And then, you know, it was two out and back laps. And so when I got to the aid station, the third time, I guess, you know, for the last return, that's when I could turn it up and, and go. Um, so that was the plan. Right. Um, but you and you and George and I had also talked about the fact that there's always a selection at the beginning, get in the selection as, fa as far up as you can. Um, and try to um, and stay with it, knowing that it's going to settle. The race naturally will settle. Well, I'll just go ahead and say the race didn't settle, and I <laughs> I went about ninety minutes and and on the edge, and finally just pulled the plug. And and um, I didn't limp home. I still I still did pretty good. I was still happy with with getting home. But I set a new FTP in the first half hour, 
which I think is not recommended for a century. Um, <laughs> I set a new five minute power record um, in that in that section as well. Um, I I rode really really hard, had a lot of fun, but it was it was not what we what we planned for. Okay, and then speaking of planning for. Um, I had a little set of questions at the end of the first podcast about like what we, what you guys wanted to do. And it was a, it was a, would you rather? And, mm-hmm. and, and Lee, I, I asked you, would you rather finish with a smile on your face or puke on your handlebars? How did that play out? Did you puke on your handlebars in the first hour? I, I, <laughs> <laughs> there was no puking in, involved, but uh, I was pretty close. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, All the pictures was... I saw, you were by yourself. Is that is that making the selection? Is that what that's called? <laughs> that's, called that's called getting dropped by the selection. <laughs> that was moving back from group to group to group, um, and then I ended up the last thirty-five miles of the race. I was solo. Okay. My point there was, you would have rather peaked on your handlebars and, and made all the selections, but what I hear from you saying now and what we talked about after the race was didn't happen the way you wanted it to, but you ended with a smile on your face. I was happy with the effort. I was not smiling when I crossed the finish line. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was thinking about puking. I was thinking about puking at the finish. So I I, I was thinking about that, Um, but I was happy with, with the day. It was a good day. Okay. So Aaron, um, you answered that question similarly, puking on the handlebars. Um, I don't think that's how the race ended for you. Um, walk us through like how that, you know, cause a big part of your race was racing with your dad and I'm, I'm still, I'm just enthralled with that story. I think that story is so awesome, but like we talked about being a little, like you had to think for two sometimes, and I'm not saying your dad couldn't think for himself. Obviously he can. Um, but how did that play out during the race? Yes, yeah, so um, there, a little backstory that I wanted to give you that I didn't talk about in the lead up is that I guess a, f- uh, a few months, my dad wasn't cleared to ride in, until like, I guess it was a month and a half, two months before the race because he had been dealing with an AFib. And so he finally, like, he's, he's still actually trying to sort that out. Um, he has an ablation scheduled in, I guess, a couple of weeks. But so finally, doctor said, yes, it's under control enough that you can ride. So, um, part of the plan and part of the thing that was in the back of my mind was like, let's, let's watch your heart rate and let's try to find a pace that is like fast enough that we're not going to be out there together, that we can stay together. We can have fun, but that keeps your heart rate under control, knowing that it's flat, knowing that the terrain is kind of tough and varied. Um, but knowing that it is, they're going to be pedaling the whole time. So that we, we settled on um, a plan where I was going to lead, we were going to stay at 13 miles an hour and we were going to try to just um, stay on our bikes and just get through, f- find a group if we could, that was kind of, of a, of a similar pace, but you know, the most important thing was just to stay together and to try to just kind of like check on each other as we go. And um <laughs> that plan went well, uh, for about the first 15 miles. And then I'll skip forward. Cause there's a lot of fun things that happened in the middle and, and ultimately we finished and we were really happy. Um, so there was, there was no puking, um, 
we had to improvise, I would say we, we did not stick with that plan for a variety of reasons. But um, that was part of the fun of the day was was um, it became that the plan changed after mile 15 to let's put the rally caps on and let's uh, let's let's get through this and and um, and, you know, let's let's enjoy ourselves as much as we can. Okay. So. And just for our listeners, um, can you explain AFib? I think some sure. you know, some will understand that, but can you just give like the two minute 411 sure. on AFib? Sure. It's it's basically a. So it's basically like an irregular heart rate and um, it can take the form of like kind of an elevated heart rate. It can be kind of where just your heart rate is kind of all over the place. Um, typically, you, like you don't want to stay in AFib, you want to be in sinus rhythm. And so if you have AFib, there's a few different um, uh, you know, procedures you can have done um, both. It's usually an, like an electric, it's an electric issue. It's usually, it's a, so usually the first thing they do is they try to shock you back into sinus rhythm. And then, it, and then the kind of the last thing they do, and then there's, there's drugs they can put you on that will try to help regulate it. And then there's a, there's a surgery called an ablation where they actually insert a catheter with a camera and they go in and they try to find the exact source of the irregularity of the, and, and like shock that into, into place. And it's a, that all sounds crazy, but it's, you'd be surprised at how common that is. Um, since I've found out about this, I know so many endurance athletes who have, have had this and had, had even had ablation. I, I have a friend who loaned me the cycling Jersey I was wearing Interesting. who, um, had just had, had ablation, um, like three weeks ago. And, um, so, so yeah. And, and, um, so it was, it was a little bit concerning because we knew he was technically still in AFib while we were riding, but we knew that like, as long as we had some numbers in our head, like basically his heart rate needed to stay under 160. Um, you know, we needed to kind of like monitor just like how, like his like shortness of breath and like any kind of like dizziness or anything like that, which, you know, in general, you don't want <laughs> when right. you're, when you're, um, you know, in some sort of event like that. But, um, we were extra okay. sensitive to those kind of things, I guess you could say. You know, it's if you said that Lee, you need to keep your heart rate under 160. That's like he needs to lay on a couch all day long. So I'm not sure exactly right. how he would achieve that. But I do th I think it was interesting. You mentioned, you know, you know a lot of endurance athletes that um, have had AFib or uh, have had the ablation surgery. I, I guess it's called no surgery. Um, but Lee, uh, you actually have direct experience with AFib. Yeah, yeah, I had AFib five years ago. Um, they don't know why. And it, it showed up for a week and then it, it spontaneously, I went back into sinus. So uh, Aaron and I have talked about that a little bit, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's frightening when it happens. And, um, but uh, also I've discovered that a lot of endurance athletes, uh, especially a lot of, uh, a lot of men, um, middle-aged and older endurance athlete men tend to fall into AFib. So. Yeah. so one of my other questions in the, would you rather was wind or rain? And, you know, you got a little bit of both, I think. I don't think – it wasn't really a choice there, wind or rain. But I always talk to my runners about um, – and I guess my rider, you know, Lee, is actually – I coached mm -hmm. him for a, a, a cycling race now, so I feel like I've got a rider. But I've always talked to them about, like, you deal with the conditions, your condition, the weather conditions, the terrain conditions. And what this made me remember was cornfield or no cornfield? So uh, how was it riding through the cornfield, Lee? Aaron, are you <laughs> <with me? laughs> Yeah, go for it, Aaron. Yeah. It sounds like Lee wants to hand that one off. 
Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, so the cornfield was kind of in, in multiple sections. Um, one section of it was basically like riding through kind of like quicksand. And um, that part... <laughs> That part was challenging, and Dad actually tipped tipped over in that one. And there were that, that he was not alone, um, but thankfully you're not going too fast there. But um, then there's the cornfield part of the the cornfield, which is kind of this bumpy, it's like mowed down cornfield. I mean, it, you feel like you're in kind of like the like a zombie apocalypse movie. And so that's like <laughs> part of what makes it fun. Is like it's just this crazy bleak terrain, and there's cyclists coming back at you. And then in the middle of it there i guess it's like a terraced field so there's this big crossing, yeah yeah it, so there's this like big murky muddy almost vertical thing that you have to get over somehow and um so you get up that and then you just kind of keep plowing through and so it it was it had a lot of character i mean I, like there's just a lot of character in this race um it's not the hardest thing you go over but it is certainly um you know it's certainly challenging. You got to keep your cadence up and you just got to, you just got to get through it. So, yeah, I, I made it, I made a bad line on, on, in that Sandy area uh, on, on the second cornfield. There were actually three cornfields on the second one. I made a bad line and lost a group because of it. Cause I just got bogged down in the sand. I didn't fall over, but it's like, I went from 18 miles an hour to six miles an hour and it was all I could do to get out of that sand and they were gone. Um, but then a little bit later, um, on that, on that bank. Um, I came into the bank, um, in the wrong gear, too high of a gear. And, uh, I had took a bad line following somebody else. When they stopped, I had nowhere to go and I had no gear to get up the hill. And I just completely went over into them like bikes everywhere. It was, a, it was a nice crash. I discovered that Garmin crash detection works really well because I had 10 seconds to click my watch before it was going to call my wife and I did not want it to call my wife in the middle of my race. So. I really wish you could not have gotten to your watch in 10 seconds because I, I think <laughs> that would be a much better story, but I am at the same time. I am glad you didn't. So Aaron, I, I think one of your, your pre-race, I won't call them jitters, but concerns was the terrain, like no downhills for recovery. And you didn't, I, I don't know if you felt like you had a, a lot of time on gravel. You certainly didn't ride through a lot of cornfields. So what else about the course or how did that, how did that play out? Did you get used to it after a while? And it's like, okay, this is where we are. It's the zombie apocalypse. You just got to ride through it. Like how, how did that play out in your mind and, you know, with your dad and all of that? So the, um, the, the, the majority of it was sort of wide gravel, and there were lots of potholes. And then, and so that was, that was a tricky part. So there's a lot of riding along and trying to point out potholes and call out potholes. There was also, there were also like big muddy washed out sections, which were, you had to like, luckily the, there were some lines you could take. So there, so as long as you saw it quickly enough, there were some sections that you could stay on your bike through. And um, then there was a single track section, which I don't know if you, <laughs> Think you know about what happened in the single track you want me to talk about what happened in the single track now or should we save that for later well i was going to ask you the final would you rather question that we haven't asked yet all right all right we can all right. oh yeah, yeah yeah i know that all right we'll, we'll save that we'll save that we'll tease that so there's a single track section um that is interesting because um during one of the factors that you're you're handling and as a as a rider not in addition to the terrain is the um the riders from the other races 
are on the course and at varying stages in in their race. And so and they and start. It's all, it's all an out and back, right? It's all an out and back. It's all an out and back. So it's the one the 150 riders start at eight, the 100 riders start at nine, and then the 50 riders, which we were, started at 150. Or sorry, at 10, 1030. 1030. Thank you. And um, so you're there's the terrain that you asked about, which I would say by the end of it, we were not only were our legs sore, but your shoulders and your and your hands from the like trying to absorb things were sore. And then there was the like keep on your toes because there's riders of varying strengths and levels and sometimes elite riders coming at you. So um so yeah, I was I mean I was I was right to be worried. Um we I was and that's and I think that was that's certainly part of the adventure and it was part of what like you know my dad was really proud that he he was able to to persevere through that because it was that was the hardest part for him he's a he's primarily a roadie if you will you know like he's he there's just not that there's not really anything like that in charlotte for him to train on so um in raleigh we have umstead and i did a lot of uh, a lot of riding in umstead and i love riding over there and so that simulates the terrain probably yeah i mean i'd say it's like 75 percent like it there's not nearly as many potholes but right um it's pretty but yeah i yeah i was right to be concerned it was it was tricky but it like it's it's um you know part certainly part of the adventure okay now lee so the cornfields were difficult what about the rest of the course so yeah i mean the rest of the course there were there were some some great spots and some bad spots that um they had this one section they call sector four which is the big potholes and the mud holes that that aaron was talking about but then uh when you got out past the cornfield you're on this two-lane gravel road that's just straight and flat and and just straight and did i mention that it's flat i mean it's, it's just it's straight and inevitably there was a headwind going out and a headwind coming in on that road so it was um it it was challenging um it was good with a group uh not so good solo um but uh but the course itself i mean it's it was cool it was definitely the zombie apocalypse feeling to, to some parts of it um, but for the most part, it was, it was a great time out there. Okay. So let's... I, also, I, I also didn't like the grind for seven hours of, of no, no downhills to rest. That was, that was challenging. <laughs> so I, I didn't get to that. I was, I was going to come back to that at the end, just how long you were out there, but you, you just okay. touched on it, Lisa, just how long were you out there? So my time was six hours and 53 minutes. All right. You so broke the seven hour barrier. That's good. Broke the seven hour barrier. Yeah. And, and, and Aaron, how long were your dad and you out there? We were like four hours and 35 minutes. Okay. So a little, little slower than we wanted to, but again, we, we finished and we were very happy about that. Right. Now, now Lee, over those seven hours, you had talked about, you know, some hamstring issues, possibly little thing, you know, you had that hamstring issue during your, your training buildup. Mm -hmm. What other, you know, any physical ailments during the, during the ride? You know, the only, well, I had a couple of waves of cramps in my quads, but, but really um, after the, after the crash in the cornfield and I tried to catch up to a group that I was with and I was unsuccessful my calf just completely knotted up into a ball um, to the point where I actually stopped um, to try to stretch it out a little bit. I had some, um, I had put some pickles in a, a Ziploc bag and 
so ate some pickles and that that helped with the the cramp and was able to, to pedal through um but i think consequently trying to pedal through that cramp uh i, I did something strained my calf or something so still still feeling the effects of that today but uh but it was good but you know no other real ailments besides that you know just the, the calf and i I do want you to have an opportunity to talk about your crew who was helping okay. you out while you were out there. So, uh, we had, there were what Aaron, what are seven of us riding? Yep, yeah. That's right. Yep. Yeah. The two of you and me, and then there were four others doing the 100. Um, and so, uh, one of the guys, so Alan Taylor's, uh, cousin drew price was there and drew brought his son, his 15 year old son, Luke, and Alan also brought his dad, who was not riding, but was there. So Alan's dad, Ernest, and Drew's son, Luke, were our pit crew. And uh, they positioned themselves out by the cornfield for the first exit of the cornfield and were cheering us on. And that was really cool. But then they were at the track when, when I came back in at 60 miles. And uh, and that was really, really awesome. They were cheering as I came in. And I... Um, my bottle cage had gotten loose and it was rattling. And I was like, Luke, Luke, Allen wrench. And so he pulls out the Allen wrench and he's tightening down my, my bottle cage as I'm um, re looping my chain because all of my wax was gone because it was wet and muddy and wet. So that, that, um, that was a good stop, but he also had the, the pickles and the pickle juice and that also helped. So they were a great, great crew. Um, you know, I've, heard Eric, you talk about an ultra as having a crew and, and how much that means to you. And I hadn't really experienced it personally. I mean, at Peyton's we're kind of doing it all together. Right. But being out there and coming in to the track at that aid station and having a crew there, it was, it was a great pick me up. It really, really helped having somebody positive there. You're killing it. You're doing great. And here, what can I do to help? What can I, can I fill your bottles or whatever? And it was just, Here's it was a pickle. awesome to have that support. Anything to keep That's you right. going. Yeah. That's right. So, Aaron, I'm going to get back to the final would you rather question. So I asked you both, would you rather have a flat or wreck? Lee, what was your answer? I think I said flat, right? I think you did. You did say flat. But, Aaron, you said wreck. And I, did. I thought that was interesting because Lee yes. did wreck and he didn't have a flat. How'd that turn out for you? So, um, it, there, the section of the race things were going great so for, to, for i think of the race in several different sections there is the first 15 miles we were going great we were executing the plan 13 miles an hour cruising along and we hit that single track section and there was a little uphill kind of berm and um you know we had been doing a great job communicating i had been i had, since i was out in front i was trying to be overly vocal just like hey riders up whatever up and, um, and that's there, there's an etiquette you mentioned in the in the pre, the pre-talk understanding rider etiquette so you're telling your dad are you riding with more than more than just your dad or is it really just you and your dad at this point it, i'm trying to remember it, it changed throughout the day um i think at this point it was just my dad and i we had lost okay. there was another group that i knew that from work and we had lost them and um so it was just it was really just my dad and I, but there were some other riders that had hopped off their bike that we could see, and they were doing the same thing. They were kind of yelling back like, "Hey, heads up!" Okay. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, so overall, I mean, you're right. There, there was there was good etiquette. There, um, you know, like there were a lot of there was good communication. I would say throughout the day from all the riders, you know, really, um, 
<laughs> so, we said the same. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it's uh, the community out there was like certainly part of the fun. Um, um, but we, so but yeah, so we're cruising along. We're kind of rising, heading up this berm, and I I turned to say something to my dad, and I and I'm clipping out and getting over to the side because I could hear riders coming. I couldn't quite see them yet, but I knew there was a there was a big pack of riders. And right as I turn, you know, because it was kind of narrow, because there is this little bit of this blind hill and these, these, these train tracks, these, this group of guys came flying over the hill and barreled straight into my dad. <laughs> my dad had not quite gotten off to the side like he needed to. And I had not yet said anything. And so it just all happened in like a nanosecond. And well, the um, approach speed here, you've got guys riding close to 20 you're riding over 10. So this is like approaching a wall at 35, 40 miles an hour. Yes. And it's, yeah. Is, yeah. It was, I thought for sure our day was over. I was like, you know, so it's like the, the, the guy who hit my dad kind of fell off to the side. My dad was kind of still in the middle of the, of the trail. So I go tend to him quickly. Another guy stops and is tending to the other guy and he, he seems okay. So I'm, I'm trying to clear the trail because I you know there's got to be more riders coming. And um, my dad was immediately seemed to be able to get off the trail on his own. So I was like, okay, that's good. Um, he stood up on his own. So I was, I was kind of amazed by that. He was a little dizzy, and, but like he kind of stopped and collected himself and um, took a little, had a little something to drink and kind of checked him over. And, um, you know, a few cuts and bruises here and there, but like cra crazy enough, he, um, you know, nothing broken, nothing like his, his head was fine. And, um, so I, so I was like, all right, dad, now I already had my phone out. I was ready to call the race director. I've, I, I had a medical helicopter like envisions in my head <laughs> and, um, and I'm like, I'm like, dad, I'm ready to call, you know, I'm ready to. He, like let's 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 turn back i'm ready to make make a phone call he's like no we're, we're going let's keep going i'm like are you sure you're under 20 that's miles cool. you're not even halfway yet right no we're yeah we're at 15 miles yeah and um and so he he's like yeah just just give me a second and like he ate like half of a cliff bar and had a little more to drink and he's like no let's go let's go i'm like all right <laughs> so his um got that's his normal. chain back on um like his front derailleur was kind of popped, kind of bent in, and we kind of bent that back out and got back on and kept. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, he we kept going, and um, it was after that that we almost immediately hit the sand, which <laughs> I had to laugh because, yeah, it was like that was a little bit demoralizing. But like we got got through the cornfield in the sand, and then we and then it got, it kind of like spread out, and we were able to to hit a groove got to the um got to the aid station at mile 23 and at that point you know mentally you're like all right i this is I, yeah i know I, for, for the for the 50 you just turn around and go back the same way so we knew what to expect right and we're hoping maybe for a tailwind um and um so you know felt good after we got some fluid and some and some and a snack and 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 so yeah i mean the trip back was we did we did well. I think we went faster. Um, there were some better lines. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I, um, yeah, I know I said crash just because I, I think I was, when, when you asked me that, I think I didn't want to deal with a, 
the a flat, flat tire in the sand. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't want to deal with a flat in the middle of that course, but like <laughs> seeing that happen and just like this, the 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 feeling in your stomach that like I might have just like broken my dad and think, like thinking of my mom at home, thinking of like like having to be medevaced out of there potentially. You know, I'm like, oh, why? Like I, I'm, I'm an idiot. Like, if, why would I have ever? thought a crash would be better than a flat but you know we it we put on the rally cap and and uh kept going so i think that is such an impressive just mindset that he was like no 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 let me just like a little get a little drink you know a little little cliff bar and you know hop back on the bike and and you know we already hit the end of the story here they you guys both finished four and a half hours um, I've seen a picture of dad post race. He looks like he's pretty good spirits. I think that the damage was limited mostly to his knee, right? Yes. Yes, that is correct. So sprained yep. knee. Like I, I want everybody to get the, like everybody's okay here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Everybody is fine. Yeah, absolutely. Other than the fact that we do these stupid events, <laughs> everybody's fine. <laughs> Our we, mental we can state can be questioned. <laughs> we can laugh about this now for sure. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I was, I was really, I was really amazed. I was, um, you know, and, and he later on told me, he was like, you know, he was like, come hell or high water, you know, we're out there, we're doing this. I want to, I want to, I want to do this. You know, I want to, I want to finish this with you or whatever. And I'm like, all right, that's awesome. Like <laughs> kudos to you, 75 year old dad. I'm like, I hope, I hope when I'm that age that I'm, you know, if I get knocked on my ass like that, that I'm, that I've got the intestinal fortitude to get up and keep going. So yeah, we all have parents awesome. that are that age because we're all about the same age. Mm-hmm. Well, so Aaron, you and I aren't yeah. as old as, as Lee. Yeah, that's right. So. Right, right. It's like slightly different generation. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, Lee. <laughs> we'll explain this to you later. Um, but but I can't. I mean, my dad's a pretty tough guy. He's a really tough guy, right? But I can't. The pit, like just hearing about this from Lee the pit that formed in my stomach for your dad that I don't even know. I was like, Oh my gosh. And he got up and he finished. Cause I'm hearing about this after the race, you know? I, so I, I said this in my text to you, you know, make sure you tell him again that he's my hero. Uh, like totally my hero. It was, this was, that was a really cool story. Now, one thing about riding with your dad, I, I asked the two of you, like, like, what's something you're worried about or that you want to get right and all that. And Aaron, your answer was so awesome. You said you wanted to nail the wardrobe. So <laughs> how did that work out? And did it work out for both you and your dad? Yeah, we, we nailed it spot on. I mean, we look good. We were, we, we, um, he starts off got... with, we look good. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, did you guys we match? both had on, wait, did you guys match? Wait, what? We did have, um, matching Ridge supply socks on, but he wore, like, he wore yeah, he wore shoe covers. So you can only kind of see the neon green tips of the socks. But um, but no, it was like it. The temperatures were dropping as the day went on, and so we that was why we wanted to be careful. And um, also, a thing with AFib is you're not really supposed to get cold, and so we had to. Um, so we were there were lots of talk about like merino this and that, and like have that on like close to your skin and. Anyway, so yeah, we nailed it. We we felt good in that regard. That's good. That's really good. And yeah, did you did you cold. enjoy the top two bag as much as you thought you would? I did, but I have to say, um, yes. So short short answer is yes. It's awfully difficult to unwrap a stroopwafel riding through the potholes, but um, 
when you know there's a salted caramel waffle waiting for you, you make it happen. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there were there were yeah. two pieces of quote unquote tech that we kind of talked about a little bit. Um, the one was the top two bags, and and the the other one though, Lee, you just touched on it, and I wanted to come back to it because I think this is so cool. We've talked about it probably three times, just the two of us. Can you talk about what you did for your chain, the the type of chain loop you used, and then what you had to do, like how you had to deal with that? So I I, I just think it's a cool story. Yeah, so I um, decided a month ago or so to go with the uh, uh, Silka chain wax. So you know, went and got a five dollar crock pot and melted some uh, chain wax and in, into uh, into the crock pot and dipped the dipped the chain, did all that process. Yeah, hold on just chain. a second. Hold on just a second. This is how I get introduced to this. Lee and I work together. You guys know that. Lee comes into my office and he drops what looks like a bag of coffee on my desk. And he's like, <laughs> what do you think about this? And I'm like, I don't even know what this is. And this is this bag of Silka wax pellets. And I'm like, well, how do you do this? And he says, well, you go buy a crock pot at the Goodwill and then you melt it and you stick your chain in it. And that's how I get introduced into this. So that, that that's. Yeah. <laughs> so if you've never ridden on a wax chain, it is buttery smooth. It is so quiet, so nice. It is, it is wonderful. Um, and, and the process is, is process. It's a little bit more work. You can't just drop a few drops of, of chain lube on to make it happen, but it's, it's really smooth. It's great. Um, so I waxed it. Well, the challenge with wax is it'll last 200 miles, but not if it gets wet. And we were riding in rain and on gravel and in mud. And so there was a lot of wet. So um, I'd been warned that my, my chain would sound like I was dragging a bunch of forks behind me by the end of, end of the first lap. And sure enough, it did. I came around the corner. I'm like, God, it's so loud. Um, but I had some wet lube to to relube the chain, um, and that that got me through that that second half. So probably with the rain, I, you know, chain starting with a with a wax chain was probably not the best idea, but it still it worked great. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pleasant podcast, on Twitter at pleasant podcast, on Instagram at most pleasant exhaustion. We're available on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcast. Be sure to share us with your friends. We're brought to you by ITL Coaching and Performance, who you can find at itlcoaching.com. Their Twitter is at ITL Coaching, and their Facebook group is facebook.com slash ITL Coaching and Performance. You can find them on Instagram at ITL Coaching. We're also proud to be sponsored by Elemental Altitude, Atlanta's best and only altitude training facility. You can find them at elementalaltitude.com, on Instagram at Elemental Altitude, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Elemental Altitude. Blue Pineapple Travel can be found at bluepineappletravel.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash bluepineappletravel, or on Instagram at bluepineappletravel. And finally, High Echelon. You can find High Echelon at highechelloncpa.com. On behalf of Michelle Frank, Patrick Ollinger, and Eric Hall, I'm George Darden. Thanks for listening to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. We'll see you next time.